Yo, what's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Welcome to episode 396 of the show. And today's show, I'm talking about newbies, training, people that are new to training, and um, kind of if you're more of a beginner, a starter, or you've taken a long break or layoff of training, how should you be approaching things? These are also very, very similar concepts to how I would train a young person, and even in some cases, an older person, but if I was training young athletes or inexperienced people, um, this is how I would approach things. I think this is good information to know if you are a trainer. And I also think this is good information to know if you haven't done a lot of weight training and doing you know exercises um, of a bunch of different varieties before or recently. Uh, so that's what today's show is about. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me for another one. And thank you for the support of the podcast, any shares you can give it, any reviews, and any subscriptions. Let's get started with today's show, 396, Workout Wednesday, and I'm Jordan Stoltz. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. Today's episode is Wednesday, where I talk about training, workouts, and today specifically, those for beginners. So it is a spectrum of how you should train people. If you're a trainer or a coach or in your strength, strength conditioning or anything like that, you need to be customizing programs to experience level. And if you're following a program and you, you know, maybe you're a beginner and your program is kind of more advanced, um, you should be scaling that or following a different program that does customize things a little bit more. It's very important to determine experience level, be honest about that, and then custom tailor things at that point um, to, to that experience level. I think that if you're just following some routine you found online or an app or a DVD, that is better than doing nothing, but a lot of times it's going to lead down a path with a bad ending, I'm going to say, because it's still a good path in general. The journey's still good. You're learning things. You're getting more fit. You're getting more healthy. And if you're a young athlete or a beginner in training, you're getting better at your sport or activity. But a lot of times, if you don't approach things properly, you're going to be led to injuries, burnout, or uh, just not being optimal at your performance that you could be if you approach things the right way. So my history in personal training and strength and conditioning, I feel qualifies me to talk about how to train beginners. And in I have never been, you know, I guess paid to train very young athletes. Now I have been trained, uh, paid to train complete beginners in a commercial gym setting. And then of course, in strength conditioning, you get a lot of athletes coming through, through Olympic sports and mixed things where they aren't necessarily well-versed in weight training in the weight room, but they are uh, athletes still. You know, like I'm thinking tennis players, golfers, swimmers, cross-country runners. These type of athletes are very good and efficient at their sports, 
if it's cross country, for example, very good at running, very efficient at that. Their whole life is dedicated around running. Weight training could really help them prevent injury and actually run with better mechanics and faster. But most of the time, they're not uh, very experienced in that because they haven't really had to do that for their sport. Um, you just kind of have to get better at running. Same with swimming. You just have to get to be a better swimmer, a more technical swimmer, the right body proportions, the right amount of leanness, and all these different things matter a lot more than weight training. But weight training can still help. And those are the people that I've trained a lot that are beginners and what I would consider younger athletes, at least in training age. And like I said, it's important to scale things back. So I wanted to talk today in a shorter episode about how one would train a beginner. Now, I think this can be useful for trainers and coaches actually listening. So you can kind of get my perspective on what you should be focusing on when you're training younger people or beginners. But this is also applicable if you might be a little newer to weightlifting, working out, training, maybe just an exercise or a movement or a type of training in general. Like if you've done classes and training a gym and now you're just kind of picking up free weight exercises like squats and deadlifts, this might be good for you to know as well because you might need uh, to scale things a little bit and you might be beginner in a certain area. I would, even though I'm experienced in training, training probably 10, 12 years now, there's still things that I'm inexperienced in. Like if I started doing Olympic lifts, I would be starting from zero. I don't really, I know the technique book wise, but I don't know how to do them and I'm not efficient at them. So I would have to start learning progressions and scaling like you might have to do another thing. So it's for everybody if you're a beginner and you're interested in something that way. So just like, um, just like a sport, you know, I would say tennis as an example. Okay. So when I was in college, one of my last year projects was teaching tennis class. I kind of got through easy on my practicum kind of assistant internship type class where I got a credit for it. And I got through easy because I just got to teach tennis with the director of the department. So I had assistants and I pretty much was just teaching people that never, never played tennis before how to play tennis. And I'm no tennis expert, but I definitely, I had taken tennis class at least and played recreationally. So I knew enough to be able to teach form and the rules and some practice drills for other students taking tennis class at school and not ever playing the sport before and just interested in it. And you're teaching tennis, you really have to break down everything, right? Because the gut reaction is just to swing the racket at the ball. And that's not wrong, right? Just like if you're doing a deadlift, your gut reaction is to pick the bar up off the floor. It's not wrong, but there are things that you need to tweak in your body mechanics, form, and how you're approaching the movement that are going to make you a lot better at it. So in a deadlift, it's little cues. Keeping the bar close to your body, going up your shins, the right foot width, um, keeping your lats engaged, all these different things matter, right? And in tennis, it's things on the swing, like keeping your wrist back, hitting the ball at the right point in front of your body, um, kind of, you know how to be aiming the ball, how to serve, the right motions and practice drills for that as well. You're breaking down each movement like a swing into those various parts. And the key 
to being good or at least learning how to play tennis up to a level where you can actually be practicing is to break down that swing, right? So you're hitting the ball against a wall over and over again. So you're getting used to the swing. You have to do it backhand over and over again. So you get the backhand form properly properly down and you learn that wrist position, the follow through, the right place to hit the ball and you're getting that repetition in in that broken down mechanics. The same thing goes in training for younger people and beginners. You need to break down the movements into patterns and have those patterns be practiced over and over and over until you're very, very efficient at them. So if we're talking about a deadlift, you have to be very good at hinging. A lot of beginners, if you're a coach or trainer, you know this. And even if you're a beginner, you might realize this if you're self-aware enough. It doesn't really make a lot of sense how to keep your back straight, hinge at the hips without squatting, and pick a bar up. You have to have the right amount of knee bend. It's all coming from your hips. And the whole hinge pattern can be a little bit strange for some people. Um, You know, another example, especially, I mean, a more advanced example even is a squat. Uh, You know, how do you squat with your knees not going too far past your toes, your heels are down, you're sitting back, your back is straight, your chest is up, all these different things that matter in a squat, it doesn't feel natural at first. So the only way to get there, and once it feels natural, you can train it like everyone else, but until you get there, you have to break it down to the movement patterns, and the movement patterns I listed before on this podcast, they are squat, hinge, press, pull, That's essentially the movement patterns, right? And then you can do things like carry and other isometric posture type activities. A hinge and a squat are probably the most important things. So my training around young people or young athletes is always going to revolve around teaching a proper hinge, teaching a proper squat, and not loading it too much too soon. And I think that is really the key. And if you're kind of a beginner, I recommend breaking things down this way. Mobility, of course, is going to be a factor, but a lot of times it's technique. So doing things like light RDLs is going to teach a great hinge. Goblet squats is going to teach a great squat. You have to find movements that teach the movement patterns. And those are probably my two favorites uh, for that. And I definitely would recommend um, work with dumbbells to create stability because a lot of times you'll see arms like Bambi doing a bench press um, or an overhead press. Working with dumbbells is going to provide you a lot more stability. And a lot of this, guys, is neurological adaptation. So you're learning, your mind is learning muscle memory, right? Once you hinge to throw a medicine ball or you hinge doing a Romanian deadlift, you do that over and over again for a couple weeks, you are going to be able to deadlift well or at least RDL very well because you have that hinge pattern nailed down. So essentially, general advice, that's how I would train a beginner or a younger athlete. And I want to be able to have this be actionable. How do you take something away from this? Well, the thing is, if you're trying to learn a new movement or trying to get better at something or really anything, a sport, you need to break it down into sections and get good at those through loading those movements and practicing them. So let's use a new exercise. So do something like a 
uh, I kind of like the deadlift as an example, to be honest. Let's let's get a little more complicated and say you're kind of advanced training already and you want to learn how to do a power clean. There's a lot to that, right? Multiple parts. You would be breaking down that power clean into several parts and doing separate movements in your training to get you better at the main one. So I'd probably have you start with really light power cleans with a dowel or an empty barbell or a PVC pipe to learn proper form. You'll have to watch videos. You'll have to watch a coach, a trainer, an experienced athlete, do it, mimic it. And then you're going to be breaking down each section. So the first part is a pull. You'll have to get good at an RDL and a deadlift. The second part is letting the bar float up your upper body essentially, or the pull with your arms. So doing something like a clean pull or a high pull, that would be a good option. Even an upright row could be a good option to get the same bar path, even though you're technically not upright rowing a clean. It's more of an explosive movement, but you're getting the bar path practiced. And then, of course, the catch. And you could do an actual hang clean at that point to practice the catch. You could do front squats to practice the rack position. And you could even practice um, something like a push jerk or something where you are practicing exploding out of that position breaking it down into sections. That's a very complicated example. Let's go a little bit um, let's go a little bit easier. Let's talk about maybe you're learning how to do an overhead press. You haven't done that before. You're doing a you're trying to get to do a barbell overhead press. Don't just start with a barbell overhead press. What I would do is probably start out with seated dumbbell press. Seated, you're taking your lower body out of it, stability out of it and you're working on the shoulder stability specifically. The dumbbells allow you to rotate your hands however is easiest for you, and you will work at just the pressing. So you're getting the strength build up, the stability with the dumbbells just by pressing over your head. And then as you're doing that, you'd also want to work on any mobility problems you would have for an overhead press. Commonly, you're going to have tight lats. Uh, You might have just some internal rotation issues in your shoulder to be able to get it over your head. So you want to work on that. Hang from a bar, do some stretches, practice the movement, things like that. Then maybe you try standing dumbbell presses. That's probably the next progression I would do. Maybe you go then to a barbell and you sit and do a seated barbell press or a really high incline press to work on more of the front delt and work on pressing that way. Then you can start working to standing. Empty barbell, add weight slowly, and build up from there. It's very important, and I think the point of this episode is one, to give advice on how to approach training newbies, but also it's just to show the example that breaking down a movement is very important, and it's very important to take your time in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of time to spend two weeks learning technique and breaking down movement patterns and doing it correctly. It's going to be worth it. And even if you're experienced, regressing in your movement and training a certain part of it is going to be very beneficial. I did this very recently with a squat, just kind of reworking my squat a little bit, focusing on lighter weights, technique, the right foot placement, breaking this all down into sections and training those sections so I could be more efficient at the main movement. 
You need to learn how to scale and learn how to apply that scale to your goals. That's all for today. Um, training, you know, it's a complicated thing. I try to keep it simple. I try to keep it basic, but there's a lot of variables that go in here. If you ever need any help with training, I am more than happy to help you out for free and give you information that can help you uh, in your own training and programming. And injury prevention is really what I super care about, making sure you don't get hurt so you can train and have longevity in your training and fitness. So if you're interested, just reach out Stoltz Jordan on Instagram, Jordan Stoltz Fitness at gmail.com through email, and I'll help you out. Love to do it. Love to support you guys who support me in this podcast. Thank you for listening to another show. I'll talk to you Friday with an episode on nutrition. Have a great one, everybody. Hope you're killing the week and enjoying your training programs, your nutrition, and your fit lifestyle. Talk to you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on fitness, food, and freedom.